0: Psalm chapter number uh, 106 tonight. Psalm 106. Psalm 106. and I think we're going to be out by eight o'clock. I would not be surprised. That's uh, somewhat unusual on a Wednesday night. Psalm 106. we have been talking Wednesday nights about this matter of uh, happiness, uh, happiness, and what makes us happy. How can we find happy uh, happiness? We are all in the pursuit of happiness to some degree uh the problem is we're often looking for it in the wrong places and so thought it would be a good idea if we maybe looked at what god said about the matter let's pray here we'll get into it psalm 106 let's pray father i pray you bless tonight and help us to look correctly at the word of god and use it aright, and that it would be uh helpful to us in our walk with you in jesus name amen um I was looking at the Bible one day and and noticed that the word blessed means uh, happy throughout the Bible and and we've always been. Uh, taught as Baptists uh, that joy and happiness are two different things. We've been taught that joy is from God and happiness is from the world. We've been taught that uh, uh, joy is lasting and happiness is not lasting and and several things along those lines and it sounds good and looks good but uh, it's not really not that scriptural. Over and over in the Bible God talked about happy is he that does these things or happy is this person or happy is that person and uh, happiness is um something that god wants us to have uh but then i started looking at it, there's several ways to be happy there's different forms of happiness and just a quick recap here there's uh, basically two words in the bible in the old testament that were translated happy or blessed And uh, or another form, joy or rejoicing or something like that, but generally happy or blessed. And there's two different words in the New Testament that were translated happy or blessed. And uh, there's a few others, but those two main words in the Old Testament and New Testament. Well, in both of those, there's one word in the Old Testament and one word in the New Testament that both mean happy uh, we're happy by something that is done for us, or something that somebody gives to us. Uh, one of those words is uh, eulogio, where we get our word eulogize. Uh, you makes you say something good about somebody and make them feel good. Uh, that's a happiness. I said that if you if you come by after the church and say, preacher, that was a good sermon. That made me happy. Uh, but that happiness doesn't last very long. That happiness quickly flies away. Uh, if God, the Bible oftentimes, the Bible says that God blessed Moses or God blessed Abraham. That was usually that word where Moses or Abraham really didn't do anything. God just looked down and just smiled at them and said, I want to do something for you and did something special for them. Gave them something or blessed them and they walked away happy. And and, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having that type of a a happiness uh, from a uh, a worldly thing, if you will, or a circumstance or a person. It's not sinful, but that happiness does not last. And so those, those words are often used uh, those ways. Uh, they're always used that way. There was always a fleeting happiness. And it's the same happiness that the world gives. It's the same happiness. We find that happiness, it's a temporary happiness but it does not last, sometimes in good stuff, sometimes in bad stuff. Um, uh, I like going uh, four-wheeling. or I like going hunting. That brings me happiness. Uh, warm fuzzies all over, and uh, I like that. But, when, the, but, but when, the, when it's over and it's time to come home, the happiness is gone. Uh, vacation makes us happy. But what do we all say the last day of vacation on the way home? What do we say? Back to the grind. It's over, and the happiness is gone. We never look back and look at a picture of of going on vacation a year ago and have the same amount of happiness as we had in the moment of doing so because that type of happiness is fleeting. However, God does give us, uses two other words in the Bible, the Old Testament word asher and the New Testament word uh, uh, makarios, and both of those meant happiness or blessed, and they were translated the same way. However, that was a happiness that God gave and it was based on something that we could do rather than with something that another outside circumstance and that happiness sticks with us. It's a true happiness. The difference between a true happiness or a fleeting, uh, a worldly happiness, if you will, is uh, the worldly happiness quickly goes away. Whether it be good or bad, whether you got happy because you got high or you got happy because you went a vacation, it leaves. But God tells us how we can have happiness that sticks with us forever. And so that's what we're looking at. So tonight, look at Psalm 106 and verse number 3. He said, Blessed are they that keep judgment, and he that doeth righteousness at all times. That word blessed is again that same word is translated happy in the same word Asher uh, in the Hebrew. It means happy. So blessed or happy is the man uh, that keepeth. Uh, that keeps judgment, and he that doeth righteousness at all times. See, we're looking for uh, some degree of happiness at all times. We're in the pursuit of happiness, but we often look for it in the wrong place. We're looking for that immediate thing that feels good in the moment and and that's where we place our time, our money, and our efforts. Is trying to find that immediate happiness, but that happiness goes just as quick as you purchase it. It's gone. Uh, you buy a new car, you're happy for about three weeks, and then it gets dirty, and uh, it gets dirty. Then you get the bill, and then you have, you have full coverage insurance, and insurance goes up, and, and, and somebody scratches it, and now you're now you're unhappy. Um, you you're happy because you have a great, a beautiful steak dinner. That's happy. Then you take the last bite, happiness is gone. Um, and so the but God says, I give you a way to have happiness that will always last and so we find here that happiness him that doeth righteousness at all times we're going to look at several passages here and we're going to tie them all together so go to Psalm 119 Psalm 119 I'll try to keep these in somewhat of an order for you Psalm 119 and look at verse number 1 Psalm 119 verse 1 Blessed or happy, again that same word, blessed are the undefiled in the way, who what? Walk in the law of the Lord. Verse 2, blessed or happy are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. Um, Again, where's this happiness coming from? Those that that walk in his law, those that obey his word and obey his law. Go to Proverbs chapter 8. Next book over, Proverbs chapter 8 and verse number 32. Proverbs 8, verse 32. Now therefore, hearken unto me, O ye children. For blessed, or happy, there's that word again, are they that keep my ways. Uh, the word ways, the word testimonies, the word judgments, the word uh, the word, word for the word of God, and uh, the, the judgments, and so many of those words, they're all referring to the Bible. Now they're referring to some different aspects of the Bible, but they're referring to the Bible. We won't get into what aspects necessarily tonight, but we're gonna, they're, they're all referring in some form to the word of God. Go to uh, uh, Proverbs 29. Proverbs 29, and look at verse number 18. And we're going to come back to this in a minute, but Proverbs 29, verse number 18, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Uh, Notice that when it says, where there is no vision, the people perish, there's uh, there's not a period there, there's a colon. He goes on to explain a little more uh, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. That word happy is the same word that was translated blessed in the other ones, and they're translated happy. Uh, we've often heard that we, we preachers preach, and I've preached sermons on them, uh, where there is no vision, the people perish. Well, you gotta have a vision for people to get saved. You gotta have a, have a vision for a life change. If we don't have a vision to get people saved, we don't have a vision to pass out tracts, we don't, well, they're gonna go to hell and the people's gonna perish. That sounds good, but that's not necessarily where that verse is in context. In context, he's saying, where there is no vision, the people Perish. Uh, uh, then he goes on. and says, "But he that keepeth the law, happy is he." He's talking about no vision or no scene of the word of God, where there is no vision of the word of God, where there's no vision, the people perish when they're blinded and they don't see the truth and they don't see the word of God. Uh, uh, they're they're going to perish. But those was that have the law and keep the law, we can be happy. Uh, again, it goes back to the Bible. Go back to uh, go to Luke chapter eleven. Luke chapter 11, and we're not going to look at all of them, but we're going to look at a a good handful here. But Luke chapter 11 and verse number uh, 38. Uh oh. That's a good verse, but that's not the verse I wanted. Um,. When the Pharisees saw it, he marveled that he had not first washed his hands. Uh, that's not the verse. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but it's uh, it's in the Bible, so it must be good. Um, I wrote down the wrong verse there. Um, well, you're going to have to trust me. There's another verse there somewhere. Go to Revelation. <laughs> Revelation chapter 3, or chapter, uh, chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. That's what I get for having Miss Lynette write my sermon. Uh, Re- Revelation chapter 1 and verse number 3. Revelation chapter 1 verse 3, blessed or happy, again, is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written herein, for the time is at hand. Again, what do he say? Blessed or happy is he that readeth and he hears it and he keeps it. Keeps what? The words of this prophecy, the, the book. Go to chapter 22, Revelation chapter 22. And uh, look at verse number 14. Revelation 22, verse 14. Blessed are they that do his commandments. Uh, Go back to verse number 7. Revelation 22, verse 7. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed or happy is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. So over and over and over in the Bible, we're finding here uh, that, that God is saying, you want happiness? Maybe you another way to have happiness. Keep my word. Keep my sayings. Obey what I say. Do what I say, and you'll find happiness. You'll find a blessing. You'll be blessed. Uh, uh, how, 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 you, you don't know how to be happy anywhere? Anywhere in society, the best way to be happy is to simply obey. Obey. You want to be happy and live in society? Okay. Obey. Obey the law. If you don't obey the law... Well, you're gonna lose your freedoms. You're gonna lose your privileges. Uh, Freedom really is not a right, it's a privilege. It's a privilege to be free. You go around and start killing people, you're gonna lose that privilege. Such a right to drive a car. It's a privilege to drive a car. But if you go around and can't drive that car right, then you're going to lose that privilege. And so the people that can't, can't obey the laws, what do they do? They begin to lose their rights and lose their privileges and lose their freedoms, which causes more and more unhappiness to setting. So any area of life that we want to be happy, the happiest, the best, the happiest kid in school is the kid obeys in school. The kid is always in trouble and always trying to get around things and always trying to cause a problem. He's always in detention. He's always suspended. He's always had more homework. He always sits after school. He doesn't get to go to the, the school uh, activities and things. He uh, does not have the happiness because he simply does not obey. So the more we obey, the happier we are. What's the happiest dog? The happiest dog is the obedient dog. A, a disobedient dog is an unhappy dog. Uh, uh, I've often. Did you put the collar on the dog? I know. Uh, okay. Uh, my my dog. We we leave. Leave the dog inside. We leave. We come home. All the doors are open. He opens every door in the house, and he lays out in the, gr- out in the, out in the yard. And uh, uh, he's, he's a pretty good watchdog, but I wish he wouldn't open all the doors in the house. And uh, but he, he, uh, So we put a shock collar on him just to make sure he doesn't leave. It's a wireless uh, a, a collar thing, and so if he gets too far off the property, it'll, it'll shock him. And so now, if he stays on the property, he's happy if he obeys. But if he starts to get too far away and starts to disobey, is he happy? No, <laughs> he's not happy. Uh you put a you put a, a, a collar on a dog, a shot collar, and, and you tell him to sit. If he obeys, he's happy. If he doesn't sit, bzz, he's unhappy. Uh the happiest dog is the one that you could let, let him off the leash and let him run, let him play, let him have fun. If he can and you can do that with a dog if you if you call him and he obeys and comes back. He has a lot more freedom and a lot more happiness. However, if he's not willing to obey, you put him on a a short little leash, he has to stand right by you. And unhappiness comes. Now, same thing with you and I, Christian. If we can learn how to obey, well, we have a lot more happiness that follows. Uh, Happiness is, blessed is the man that keeps his word. The Bible says uh, to keep the law. Or keep his word, or keep his testimony. What does that mean? And to keep it means to protect it, or to guard it, if you will. Guard that law. When, when when God says to to keep that law, what He's saying is make that law precious, make it precious to you. Uh, 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 keep it like you like you would keep an heirloom. Uh, there, there 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 are some people that don't throw anything away, and uh, I won't name any names. And um, but the other day, uh, my dad built a nice workbench for me and I, a few years ago, and I said, man, I said, this is going to be a workbench. I'm going to keep it cleaned off. It's going to be a workbench. Uh, no, it's, it's stacked about that high with junk. Uh, if I need to do something on it, I just kind of push, push the junk till some of the junk falls off the backside, and then you do what you need to do and leave it there until next time you need more space. Then I got that, I told you about a welding bench. I got off Craigslist for free. And uh, boy, what a blessing. I said, now this is going to stay a workbench. I'll let the other one become cluttered. I'll keep this one. And that lasted a couple days. And now it's stacked with more junk. And, and, uh, and that's just the way it works. And the other day, I was, I was trying to get through my garage. I'm stepping over stuff and moving stuff. And stuff's falling. I'm stacking it back up. And, and then I realized the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. And, uh, and so uh, some of us don't throw anything away. Uh, but why? Because it's precious to us. It means something to us. Now God said, keep the word of God, protect the word of God, guard the word of God, watch over it. We don't watch over things that don't mean anything to us. We don't watch over junk. We don't guard our junk. We don't we don't uh, we, we don't we don't put alarms on our trash can in case somebody comes out in the middle of the night and opens our trash can down by the down by the street and takes some of our garbage. Where do we put the alarm? On the house, on the door. We we don't put we, we don't put diapers in the safe. You put money in the safe or jewelry or guns, that good. Why? That's more precious. But God said, guard the word of God, protect the word of God, keep the word of God, use the word of God. Why? Make it precious to you. Go to 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3 and look at verse number, uh, verse number 1. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. Look at the next line. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. Huh? Where there is no vision, what? The people perish. But happy are they that keep his law. So there was no open vision, and and uh, uh, the word of God was not was not uh, openly used and revealed to people. And, and the, where there was no vision, the people did perish. But those, if the word of God were precious, and we kept the law, what happy are we? So God said, "Keep that word of God, make it precious, keep his commands, keep his word, and uh, and, and it will bring you a happiness." Um, if you keep he said this, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. There's happiness in love. It's, it's more enjoyable and it's more happy to do something for somebody because you want to and because you love them. That brings happiness. Okay, if, um, if, uh, if, if my wife came to me and said, I want you to buy me a new dress then I would say, how much? And, uh, no, I'd say, okay, and that would make me happy. I would like to do that. So I'll take her and buy her a new dress, and I enjoy that. And I would, I would rather buy her something than buy me something, unless it's a gun or something like that, of course. But, you know, uh, I'd rather buy her something than me something. That makes me happy because I love her, and so that is happier to do that. But if I were to get a notice in the mail and uh, 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 uh from the uh, from a judge and an attorney and they said you have hereby been court ordered to buy your neighbor a dress well i'm i might have to do it cuz i'm i have to do it but i did train happy about it why i don't love them i don't want to buy something for them but when, and that's how that's how some of us keep the word of god you keep the word of god cuz the judge told you to do it the judge said, Do this. And so you say, Fine, I'll do it. But I want to do it. And I'm not doing it for any other reason. Than I have to do it. It's my duty to do it. And I want to do it. But that's not happiness. Happiness is when you love the Lord and say, Yes, God, what would you like me to do? What could I do for you today? Show me something here. Your word is precious to me. I want to keep your word. I want to obey your word. Show me something from the Bible today that because I love you, I will keep your sayings. And that will make you happy because it is enjoyable to do something for somebody you love. One of the reasons why we don't keep the word of God is because we don't love love the God of the word. We don't love him enough to keep his word. We're happier if we obey out of love rather than obeying out of duty. Um, uh, we're to obey the spirit of the law, not just the letter of the law. We're, we're happier when we when we obey. This is what too many Christians do. This and I hear it all the time. They say, "What's wrong with blank?" Now, if that's your outlook on Christianity and, that is your, and that, uh, that's your uh, number one line that you use, well, what's wrong with? What's wrong with? And you're always looking for some way to squeak by a little more. And, and, uh, and you say, well, the Bible says not to drink strong, not to have strong drink. You know, but what, what's wrong with uh, wine? Wine's not too strong. You see, and you're always looking for. Well, the Bible says not to drink it when it moves itself all right. It didn't say anything about Mike's hard lemonade, so I'm gonna go ahead and do that. And we, so pretty soon, what do we do? We always say, Well, what's wrong with? Well, I don't see anything in the Bible about rock music. I don't see anything in the Bible about pornography. I don't see anything in the Bible. What's wrong with this, preacher? What's wrong with this, preacher? What's wrong with this? And what's wrong with this? If that's our philosophy, we're trying to live by the letter of the law rather than the spirit of the law. You know, God does not, rarely, there's some things that God puts out that are black and white. You know, thou shalt not kill. You know, Thou shalt not commit adultery. There's some things out there like that, but most of God doesn't put in the, God never takes it and puts in the Bible and says, uh, uh, says thou shalt not watch um, uh, the living dead. So, so what do we do as Christians? Well, God didn't say anything about not watching the living dead. God, uh, uh, God didn't say anything in the Bible that thou shalt not watch R-rated movies. God never said anything in the Bible about, about uh, uh, here's a list of cuss words you're not supposed to use. What does God do? God gives us principles in the Bible that we live by. He gives us principles and says, okay, uh, uh, these types of things are wrong. Uh, 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 these, these types of things that are worldly are not right for us to do. And, and these types of philosophies are not right. So he'll give us a philosophy because the Bible says we're to be judges of all things. So when a new movie comes out or a new app on your phone comes out or a new form of social media comes out, we can take that and judge it with the word of God and say, is this godly? Does this fit the spirit of the law? See, too often we're looking for, we're looking for, well, what's the letter of the law? God didn't say anything about Facebook. Nobody said an awful lot about gossip. Huh? Says something about Facebook? No, I said, yeah, it doesn't say anything about Facebook, but it does say stuff about gossip. Did I say that backwards? And uh you let me do the preaching, Karen. You just be quiet. And, uh, but uh, it doesn't say anything about, about Facebook, but it does say something about gossip. So I can look at Facebook and say, there's a whole lot of gossip there, so maybe that's not a good idea. You see? Uh, so so the, oh, we need to get back to, uh, if we're happier if we obey the spirit of the law. If we look at it and say, I understand what God's trying to say. You know, we, this, we, we do the same thing. We get by with it. We, we call it white lies. No, they're just, they're, they're black lies. We'll get by and, and, and say, somebody say, uh, were you, uh, 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 did you steal this? And you look at yourself and say, no, I simply borrowed it indefinitely. So no, I didn't steal it. And we, whew, I got by uh, what a technicality. I got off on a technicality. Uh, God doesn't do that. Uh, obey the spirit of the law, and that makes us happier. Uh, it's the, uh, the spirit we're to have. Okay, let me give you a, a few thoughts here. Four things, okay? Four things here. Number one, we are to learn the principles and the commands of God. We're to learn them. The uh, Bible says, study to show thyself approved. We ought to be going to the Bible and learning. The Bible said many times, it is not my job to predominantly teach you the Bible. If the only teaching you get is here at church, then you're missing a whole lot. Nothing wrong with me teaching the Bible. I should be teaching the Bible. The Bible says I should be apt to teach. But if that's the only time you're learning the Bible, that's, that's like saying the only time you're going to eat dinners on Wednesday nights and Sunday nights. Uh, that's not enough. You're going to have to, you could come here and get a little bit, but you need to go home and learn it yourself. You need to go home and read it and learn it and study it and learn the principles of God. What better way to learn the heart of God than to get in his word? You want to learn the spirit of the law and get in the law and understand kind of what God's saying throughout scripture. You'll understand the spirit of what God is looking for. You'll understand the spirit of how God operates. And instead of taking one verse and and hanging your hat on one verse that becomes a technicality that would get you out of all the other verses if we could just focus on that one verse. No, you got to take the whole counsel of God and look at the whole thing and see what is the spirit of law, what is God trying to say. And so we're, we're we're to learn the principles and learn the commandments of God. You ought to be enlightened on a regular basis in your Bible. A regular basis, as you read the Bible or as you go to church, on a regular basis, you ought to say, ooh, I never saw that before. Oh man, I I've been doing that wrong, boy. I should I should fix that. I didn't know that's how God looked at that, and and, and learn those principles and the commandments of God. Study it, study it within its context. Take the verse and learn it. You, you can you can make any doctrine you want, any doctrine you want you can make it. You can. Uh, why do all these churches have vastly different doctrines and they all have Bible verses? Where does it come from? Because they they grab a verse and they can pull it uh, way out of context and apply it inappropriately. Take the Bible. Take the. I I was out in Seoul one time and asked the guy if he knew he was saved and and asked if he'd be interested. We started talking about it. And I said, okay, let's go to, we start off at Romans. I said, Romans chapter 3. And I I took it to Romans 3.10. There's none righteous, no, not one. And he goes, he said, now hold on, very, very smart man. He said, hold on a second. He said, why are you just reading that one verse? Why don't you read the whole chapter? I said, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. Let's read the whole chapter because the whole chapter just backs it up even more. And so we read the whole chapter. We go to another another verse. He said it a second time. He said, "Why did you read that? Let's read that uh, just that one verse." I said, "Let's read the whole chapter." We read the whole chapter. The next time we went to the verse, I said, "I'm going to read the whole chapter for you." Read the whole chapter, and uh, because we ought to be able, we if if we have to take one verse out and hide the rest of the Bible. We're not taking it in context, and we're not studying. We need to take the whole counsel of God. Learn the Bible. Learn the meanings of the words. Uh, uh, look them up. Learn the purpose of it. Learn the spirit of the commands that God gives us. Who are the commands to? Why were they there? We have to get in there and learn the Bible and learn those principles and the commands of God. Too many of us, we got down the basics, and then we just stopped and figured, well, I'm good enough. I got everything I need. No, no, uh, I'll show you that, number two. Number two. With a sincere heart, then, we take what we have learned and we begin to apply what we have learned. See, where are we at now? We're on the road to happiness. You want to find happiness? A happiness that doesn't go away 10 minutes later, but a happiness that will continue for a lifetime, get in the Bible make it precious, find the word of God, see what God is saying, then sincerely, out of a good heart, you apply those things. You know, the things in the Bible we learn are not easy to apply. See, we know them, but we don't apply them. When was the last time you prayed for your enemy? Let me say this morning. I prayed that God would kill him. God, did he kill him, make his life miserable? No, that's not what God meant when he said pray for your enemies. He went, when was the last time you did good to somebody that did you evil? See, we all know those verses, but in the heat of the moment, it's hard to do it. When somebody cuts you off in traffic and they and you didn't do anything wrong, and yet they, we, 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 just today, I was pulling up and came to a, 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 a stop sign and, and I came up there and uh, and I had stopped and the lady was coming and it's a one way, her way, we, we both have to turn. I pulled up there and I guess she thought I was going to go straight or something. She, she points at me like that. That pointed back. And, uh, uh, you know, and uh, now, wait a minute, in, in times like that, the, what about those verses the Bible says, uh, don't, don't get revenge, it's not our job to get revenge. Or when the Bible says to hold your peace, or when the Bible tells us to suffer wrongfully for the cause of Christ. What about those things? I don't know who it was, somebody was out knocking doors, and I got a phone call, I think it was, uh, uh, what is today, today's Wednesday, I think, it was, I think it was Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday, somebody was out knocking doors over off of, um, uh, I, I thought they said off the of Jewel Lake area, somewhere over there. A couple of our folks were out knocking doors, and, uh, and they said that they, uh, uh, they uh, whoever it was, they, uh, they, they, the lady said she didn't want her something, so they left it through the track in her yard. Uh, now, I'm glad you're out knocking doors, okay? And so I'll give you 10 points for that. I'll take away two points for throwing it in your yard. You shouldn't have done that. But uh, uh, I don't know where I was going with that. Um, but take what you learned from the Bible, and go with a sincere heart, with a sincere heart. Say, okay, Lord, that's a hard saying. You know, that what the disciple, the, uh, some of the disciples said, the scribes and the Pharisees? They went away and said, that's a hard saying. But they went away unhappy because they didn't want to hear it and they did not take it. Sometimes God says to do things that are hard, so you take that and that's a hard saying. But with a good, sincere heart, I'm going to apply it. And so we take the word of God, learn the word of God, apply the word of God. Number three, little by little then, we are conformed to the sinless nature of Christ. That's the, that is our goal. When the Bible says when you got saved, you became a new creature in Christ, predestinated to become like his son. That means you're on a journey now, and that is your goal, is to become like Jesus Christ. Too many of us, we get saved, and we, we take a few steps, and we stop right there and say, well, that's good enough, I'm better than the average Christian. And that's why we get miserable, because uh, the, you know the pursuit of happiness? It should be this. It should be the happiness of the pursuit. The happiness is not the, what brings the happiness is not finding happiness. What brings the happiness is the pursuing of happiness. And so we ought to be in the pursuit of godliness all the time, uh, looking to be more like God and more like Christ. And so we get the Bible, and we learn from it, and we make it precious to us, and we keep the Word of God. Then, with a good heart, we apply the Word of God, and as we apply it, little by little, day by day, step by step, we become more and more like Jesus Christ. Uh, Like they said about the disciples in the book of Acts, they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. When, when, when you go through life, do people take knowledge of you that you've been with Jesus? After somebody meets you and, you, and you just got done cussing them out, or you just got done yelling at them, or you just walked out of the bar, or you just got done uh, going to Dave & Buster's, or you just got done uh, 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 slaughtering somebody on Facebook? I mean, do they walk away and say, Ah, I bet they've been with Jesus. They remind me of Jesus. No, when people leave us, they ought to walk away feeling like we, were, we have been with Christ. So what do we do? We take the things of God. We learn them. We, to the sincere heart, we apply them. And then little by little, we become a little more like Jesus Christ. The best Christians in this room ought to be the ones that have been saved the longest. Because it's a continual journey. It's a continual journey. It's not something where you do it for a little while, then you stop and give up or stop and quit or just get plateau and just stay the same. If you're not regularly learning more and applying more, then you're not growing. The Bible says grow in grace. I don't understand the fascination. I guess I kind of do, but uh, kids wanting to run up an escalator the the wrong way. You know, we took all these teenagers down to uh, California, and I can't tell you how many times they wanted to run up the escalator the wrong way. And uh, one time we were at Diamond Mall. We here to a group of teenagers at Diamond Mall, and uh, everybody, everybody went on the right side of the escalator like they're supposed to, except for one idiot. That idiot ran up the down escalator fast as he could to get to the top, thinking he was being the clown. When he got to the top, the security guard grabbed my shoulder. (laughs) It was me. (laughs) And he said, sir, you're not being a very good example for these teenagers. And I said, "Uh, actually, I was, but they were a bad example on me, and this is what happened. But uh, uh, if you're going up the escalator the wrong way and you stop, you're trying to go up the down and you stop, guess what happens? You keep going down. You got to keep moving if you're gonna go up. But you know, same type of thing in the Christian life. The Bible says to grow in grace. If you're not growing, you're shrinking. There's no stagnant ground. We either, we're either going forward or we're going backward. We need to keep going because we're on a slippery slope all the time. The devil's constantly pulling us down. There's constantly new things being revealed to us, that are trying to take us down. We have to constantly be growing and little by little be more conformed to the nature of Christ. Number four, we then can reap the reward of God's blessings or God's happiness through the obedience as we are changed more into the image of Jesus Christ, because that's where the happiness comes in. The happiness comes in when we get when we, when we when we take another step and we become more like Christ. It does something on the inside of us, and it gives us a real happiness to know we are being more like Jesus Christ. That is a true happiness. That is a joy. Um, uh, the uh, that, that's why when you pass out your one a day tracks, you hand out a track. That's why you get that giddy feeling inside. I love Miss Sarah. Miss Sarah says, oh, I passed out those tracks. And I can't talk quite like her, but I passed out those tracks. I feel so good. And, uh, and, uh, but why does she feel so good? She feels so good because it's the spirit of God inside of her. The Bible says stir up that gift. You're stirring up that gift inside of you, say, making you excited. And when we do the thing, we get in the Word of God, and the Word of God becomes precious to us, and we love the Lord, so we want to keep His commandments. So we, we look for His commandments. We find them. We learn them. Then we uh, sincerely apply them, and then we become more like Christ. We then have a happiness that endures because we're more like Him. It, I've said it so many times. It is impossible to obey the Bible and be unhappy. It's impossible to do what the Bible says and be unhappy. God rewards our obedience oftentimes with happiness. Or maybe the obedience to his laws and to his commands is that gateway to happiness. Because maybe it's the actual obedience itself that makes us happy. Or maybe we get happy because we obeyed. Jace, it may be your birthday, but you gotta sit still. Happy birthday. It's Miss Liz, it's your birthday too, isn't it? How does it feel to have the same birthday as Jace? That's because you two are just alike. And uh, no, I'm (laughs) scared. Happy birthday to both of you. How old are you? And you're what, 39? 39. Okay, good. And um, times two. Uh, So let's, you want true happiness? Get in the Bible and obey the Word of God. Let's learn. You know, I'm tired of Christians trying to find out what can I squeak by with? How close can I get to the line? You know, we watch it all the time. I, I, I remember doing it with my brother. We were sitting, there's two of us in the back of the car, and we'd fuss over, You're on my side. You're on my side. So what we do, we'd sit there and, and, and put our, our shirt just a little over that. Side. You're on my side. Then we put our feet. So then, then, it gets down to there's the there's the imaginary line in the middle of the car. We have six, eight inches between us and the door. What do we do? We get as close as we can to that line, and we're doing this. I'm not on your side, and he's right there. I'm not on your side. In the human nature. We do that. Our kids do it. They're fussing the other day because one of them would put their foot up in the not even on the seat in the airspace of somebody's side the imaginary line their foot would purposely cross over into their airspace I mean this is this is serious business so this one would gripe and those are my foot's not in your airspace and but that's what we do with God we come by and God say hey let's not do that we get as close as we can and say I, I don't think I've done it yet God I, 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 I don't think that's not exactly what you said and we as close as we can. Why don't we obey the spirit of the law? and do We know what God wants us to keep us away from. Why don't we just step away from it? Just stay away from it. Why don't we get as close to wrong as we can? That's not where happiness lies. Happiness lies in blessed is the man that keepeth the law of God. That's where happiness is. Where there's no vision, the people perish. But happy is he that keeps his law. All right. Well, hope that helps, your ushers. Why don't you come forward here? And we'll take our others' offering tonight. Miss Clark, you have a song. Page six hundred and.